welcome to Up Close and Virtual with me, Katie Tew. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way. We'll be sharing our top tips and, of course, best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening. It's a real pleasure to be welcoming Bee Higgins to the show this week. She's a creative copywriter and messaging mentor based in Somerset, a beautiful part of the world and not that too far from me in Gloucestershire. Bee is the owner of Viva Tramp Creatives, helping small business owners to express their unique magic with words that resonate she also runs Bloom with B, a monthly group membership for female small business owners who want to welcome more accountability, clarity, community and creativity into their writing for their businesses. She shares her own creative, cosy lifestyle content through her Patreon community. B, welcome to the show. This is the first time we've had a copywriter and blogger on the podcast, and I'm really excited. Oh, that is exciting. I mean, there's plenty of us to go around, so I'm, I feel quite privileged to be you the first. number one, bless. Um, <laughs> so I'm really interested to learn more about your business, actually, and how you support your clients. Tell me more about your business journey and how you got to where you are now. I think that's always the easiest place to start, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> very much. Start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Um, so I have just, I've always been one of those people who just love stories. Yeah. I know that's the typical writer's answer, but I have just always loved them. I've always gravitated towards sort of creative expression. Um, I was very much a voracious reader as a child. You know, I would spend my summers with the famous five books. I don't know about you. I love it. So it goes right the way back. So it's really ingrained in you. I love that. Yeah. So that sort of appetite for storytelling never really went away. Um, And as a result of kind of wanting to express myself, I sort of accidentally stumbled across the blogosphere one evening back in 2010, I think it was. Um, And I just accidentally became a creative lifestyle and book blogger for a decade, um, writing lots of articles, working with publishers, big brands on various different projects. Um, and so, so the 2020 yeah I mean that was really at the, the 2010 sorry that was really at the very beginning of yep influencers the- weren't a thing yes, yes. Instagram didn't exist remind <laughs> <laughs> ourselves that these yeah. platforms were so new then this was a case of just women who were just blogging from like their bedrooms their offices just sharing stuff that they loved just for the fun of it it was the most fun creative space to exist within and probably very unpressurized because yeah it it was literally just what you had on the top of your head that you wanted to get out into the public domain but without the pressure of somebody saying well if you don't write it like this you're not going to get paid and and all that totally 
trolls weren't really much of a thing sponsorships didn't really exist for bloggers back then so yeah it was such a creative time and so from there I then went to university I studied English with creative writing of course so the stories came back into it (laughs) and where, where did you go to uni which uni did you study at so I'm in Somerset I went down to Plymouth by the sea yes by the sea so it was it was nice because it wasn't it was it didn't feel like such a big sort of place for me to go to like a big city vibe I think because I've always lived in like a village or whatever all my life sometimes when I go to cities I I get a bit overwhelmed (laughs) yeah I think I've I've been to London twice in my life and I was like whoa (laughs) this is intense you know that's the kind of person I am so yeah I went down to Plymouth um so half of my degree was like reading literature and writing essays on it and then the other half was writing for all different kind of forms so short stories creative non-fiction it was a real mix oh how fascinating how and a three-year degree uh yes okay you didn't that's you to... that's your usual wasn't it yes yeah. you didn't have the dreaded sort of sandwich in between where you had to go off and do something else and then come back into a degree no thankfully although so 13 years ago I got really ill and I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease which is an incurable bowel disease and so I ended up actually having to take a year in between for major life-saving surgery (laughs) so and you cope okay now yeah so I've had multiple surgeries um had that brush with death I sort of realized couldn't do a regular nine to five because it's just not accessible to me and so about six years ago now I again accidentally ambled into the world of freelancing um, and became a copywriter and content writer for business owners and that's my story so it's kind of interesting how I seem to have come into this world maybe not necessarily hugely intentionally but I think it's found me yeah, and I think a lot of the sort of success stories come from those accidental situations mm. that lead you down a path that kind of just connects all those jigsaw puzzle pieces together. It's that sort of moment, isn't it? Of, oh, hang on, this really does resonate. And the mm. fact that, as you say, you have this fascination and interest in the sort of written word makes perfect sense as to where you are today. I love that. (laughs) Why copywriting specifically? Because, I mean, if you think about writing versus copywriting, they're they're two quite different things, aren't they? Or maybe they're not. Maybe maybe I've got that wrong. I think, yeah, because obviously with creative writing, you tend to think, oh, fiction, you know, straight off the bat. But obviously you've got things like creative nonfiction there. And with my article writing, with the blogging, I was kind of already doing the kind of stuff you would do as a copywriter, content writer for other businesses, but just for myself and my own interests. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And do you find learning, because if you copyright, you have to understand what you're copywriting on, don't you, to be able to make it fluid. Do you you find that learning process engaging or do you find that quite challenging? 
totally I mean these days I seem to attract a very kind of specific type of person and maybe those interests might maybe kind of link to my own I tend to write a lot about well-being um, and mindset things like that or things so things tend to be within my wheelhouse these days but at one point I did work for a tech company and uh, so they were in Spain so I was basically taking their articles and making sure that they sounded really good in English so that came with a lot of research of me going what on earth (laughs) are they talking about because I just didn't have a clue I was like are they like what is this is this lost in translation they're talking about coffee and no no yeah yes no no (laughs) I completely understand that yeah so yeah research is still very much a big thing for me but these days i I find it tends to be on subjects that I've got a good grounding in, which I think is nice. And I think, you know, I think you're right. It's, it's that thing that I always do when I'm coaching and mentoring VAs is, is getting them to work in an environment where they have either a connection or an enjoyment in mm. sort of natural yeah. move through, isn't it? You're, you're playing to your own personal strengths. Totally. What in terms of today, you obviously do copywriting is is a hundred percent of the business that you deliver or so I do copywriting, I also do content writing, and then I also do messaging mentoring. So that's where I tend to work with other business owners. So I'm not writing the stuff for them, but I'm kind of like helping them figure out what it is that they're kind of what is their unique magic as I call it and then I'm helping them from there so sometimes it's writing that copy so website copy bios things like that other times writing blog posts or other times just consulting and helping people out that's amazing it's such a it is such a unique talent to be able to take somebody else's Mm. message you know whatever it might be headline the detailed content and turn it into something that's engaging for a reader is there a process that you kind of go through when you're creating content for your clients and and what is it so I always like to say that I gently interrogate my clients, <laughs> which is to say I pose questions specifically sort of tailored to, as I say, unearthing their unique magic so that I can get to all those lovely little things that have been hiding away or are kind of left unsaid at the moment. Um, so if I'm sort of writing their website copy, I'll settle down with them. I'll talk around, you know, their messages, everything that sits at the heart of what they do. Because a lot of the times I will say, what's the one thing you really want your clients to know? Yeah. And then I'll look at their website copy and it's not there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's all up here. In yeah. Page, but they haven't yeah. quite got it onto the page. And then if I'm writing like a piece of conf content for them say like a blog post um I'll sort of get their perspective on the subject matter and then I'll sort of delve into lots of um my own research onto how they speak online what they've maybe said on a topic in the past uh what their clients are most interested in or need to know and then just sort of anything and everything that could elevate this post further Mm. um so it's a really holistic sort of creative process really And I suspect that the better you know a client on a personal level, the more you're able to get from them. Because quite often people are 
they're quite closed, aren't they, when you first engage with somebody? And if you're trying to really understand their business and their motives, then you need to get to know them on a personal level. I think that's why I always do it as like, you know, calls. I always uh, like to listen to their voice because I think some. So if I was to hand over the same sort of questions just on like a document, then they would censor themselves. They would leave parts of themselves out. So I can, you know, I can jump into a project having not really known somebody very well. Maybe we've had one call and then I just try and jump into it from there. Um, but if I've spoken to them sort of face to face like this, that's where I can sort of unlock those things that make it so much easier to find that voice. Yeah. And that's the uniqueness of it. And I think, you know, we, we've all seen it more recently, I suppose, with the dreaded chat, G- chat GBT, um, where everything sounds very autonomous. Mm. I mean, it does sound like it's been written by an, a robot. And to all intents and purposes, we lose quite a lot of the emotion that you do still need to get out there don't you yeah and there's so many rich stories that you have got in your backpack that you maybe wouldn't even necessarily think of straight away and things like that so yeah these are all things that I try and encourage out of my clients through these questions that it's not like a set group of questions that I use I pretty much use it on a case-by-case basis so I'll you know, look at what that person's like, their interests, what really drives them. And then I will pull all the lovely information out from them from there, really. It's very, it very much is pulling from the brain. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So what was the thing they had in Harry Potter with the one? Yes. The memories out. You need, you need that magic power. (laughs) Exactly. What advice would you give to um, any sort of small business owner when it comes to starting out on their business journey? I think when we first start out, there's always that temptation to sort of dilute ourselves down either out of like fear of like making too much noise or being different you kind of want to fade a little so you can figure things out um but I would say don't shy away from expressing and like honoring all of that lovely unique magic and everything about you um because you've got stories that only you can tell You've got perspectives that might open up whole new worlds of thinking for your clients, for your readers, and you need to embrace them as terrifying as it might feel. Um, So throw out that rule book when you need to and just focus on all of those wonderful things about what you do that make you like the perfect fit for the exact person you'd love to work with. And don't worry about the rest. I think that's such good advice. I really do. I love that. I think... I certainly in the industry that I work in, and I don't know if you have any sort of similarities, but I work largely with with women. um, And I find that they lack generally lack a self confidence that prohibits them really sort of throwing the rule book aside I think they feel quite constrained because they're terrified that they're going to do it wrong. And I think I always say, put your brave pants on. You're the only person who can really sell yourself. Mm. So you've kind of just got to open up the door and go for it and kind of commit to doing it. I think it seems to be a lot of overthinking. Yeah. I find with clients, a lot of it is just 
should I do this? Oh, but aren't you meant to do this? Oh, but I heard somebody's told me this and I must do that. And it's like, no, you don't need to do any of that. If it makes you feel miserable, you don't need to do any of that. Yeah, trust, you, <laughs> trust your gut when it comes to that sort of thing. I think that's really important. Mm. What tips would you have for somebody who was sort of struggling to kind of get their paper pen to paper and start because people do struggle with writing it's not necessarily everybody's kind of you know comfortable you know where what what would you suggest what are your tips yeah and I would say even as like a professional writer I don't find it easy peasy you know I still find it difficult you know I think a lot of people are like she's the oracle she has all the answers and I'm like no sometimes I think I'm the worst writer in the world and I'm like why are people paying me for this what the hell you know so I would say start by acknowledging all the things that you might be telling yourself about your writing skills or your expertise because I find a lot of the times clients are kind of actively suppressing their creativity because of maybe it's a comment that a teacher made 30 years ago or maybe it's you're worried you're not good enough to share something or you don't know everything in the world. So how could you possibly start, you know? Yes, I'll be um, entitled to have an opinion on it. Yeah. You, just do it. It's fine. I think when you question those mind monkeys, um, you'll find that they're kind of talking nonsense and it is just kind of that protective kind of thing that happens in our heads when we're like, oh, no, that's a little bit frightening. And then I think once you've had that word with yourself, maybe schedule in creative time, spend time sort of making notes of topics you want to talk about or be known for, Um, make a note of questions that clients are asking you that you could expand on in future content down the line or even like make a note of like feelings associated with what you do, even if they're like misconceived or genuine You basically, I say this to people, you need to become like an observer and then channel all of those learnings, all of those conversations into your copy and content. And you'll soon find that you actually have a lot to say and you feel good saying it because nobody else can say it like you. Yeah, you might not be like a Pulitzer Prize winner writer, but how many of us are? No, exactly. And I think the other thing is remembering to engage with your audience and quite often Mm. the audience are as interested in some of the sort of personal bits and pieces that go on in your life totally as they are to the sort of business aspects Mm. of life so I always try and 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 think about the sort of bits that will be personal but kind of top and bottom with a bit of the business stuff and yeah I always try and take note of feedback and ask for it regularly and use mm. feedback for some of the content building in the future totally uh, and those personal posts they're important to put in there you know because I always say that you're making it easier for people to contact you because they might not feel comfortable sort of going off the bat like I need help with this this and this but they might be comfortable going oh my god I saw that thing that you were speaking about I love that too or I've always wanted to do that tell me more you know and you can start to build those connections um you know in a in a really nice organic way that doesn't feel like here's the thing I have to sell and you know and do you do you find that you have to sort of kind of turn every if you're if you've got a big piece of writing sitting in front of you do you find that you have to kind of shut 
everything down around you so that you're in that very quiet space or do you work can you work with sort of lots of things going on around you yeah so I find it's very much I feel like everybody should have their own sort of tailored to them creative process what really enriches their creativity for me I love to go for a walk in nature beforehand so that I can just let my wine wander get anything out that needs to get out there and then I might come back maybe I might put on a little bit of like music or something or maybe I will um, sit myself somewhere slightly different to where I usually sit just little things where I can sort of kickstart that creativity or one of the things I love to do before I even start writing is I'm I'm very much in my notebook at all times. So I might sort of mind map my thoughts before I even put the pen to paper. Um, yeah, there are lots of like little things that you can do to sort of build up the writing process so that you're not waking up and then going, I've got this thing to write today, sit in front of my laptop, my computer right, here we go, looking at the empty screen, because you haven't activated like all of the lovely bits in your brain that you kind of need to do so that your brain is like, yeah, I'm feeling good about this. And I, go. I love, I'm just going to ask you the question in the moment, but I'm just looking at B on the video at the moment. And I've noticed that she's got a pen in her hand. So my question <laughs> is, are you a pen to paper girl? Yes, you are. So I'm yeah. saying, a very very busy looking a4 notebook and a, pink, <laughs> a very nice pink pen which i yeah. am very get jealous of i might have to, <laughs> you to share where you got that from that's really interesting because i i can't write directly into a computer screen mm-hmm. i have to do everything like you on a piece of paper with a pen before yeah. i can even start putting anything on and do you always use pen and paper as a start I find I tend to I seem to quite like it as like a basis for thoughts yeah. if I'm writing like my daily LinkedIn posts and things like that I for some reason I just go straight in with those and my brain just seems to go in but if it is like big, bigger projects and things like that or you know so I'm doing like a class on something whatever then I will do a big old mind map yeah. in my notebook. And I always say to people, it's about finding the approach that works for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have a, yeah. I always remember watching Sex in the City and, and Carrie, the sort of main character, she always types everything straight onto her MacBook. And I always watch that thinking, I genuinely have, I cannot connect with mm. because I can't write like that. I just I can't. <laughs> Yeah. And why aren't you sitting with a piece of paper and a pen? Yeah. Why are you making me anxious about your writing now? <laughs> I find that a lot of people come to me for Bloom with Bean, my group membership, and they'll be like, How how am I meant to do this thing? How am I meant to do that? Yeah. And then the minute I tell them you're allowed to do it exactly how you want to do it, it's like they literally breathe the biggest sigh of relief because they've been trying to follow this process or do what this person said and they're like one it's making me miserable two not got a clue what I'm writing three there's too many things to think about before you even put the pen like before you even start so how are you what are you even meant to do you know so it's it's like I just sort of (laughs) they always seem to look like I've taken like 10 years off them because they're just like oh feels good to hear you say do it how you want to you know the first time they see my mind maps held up it's literally they look at me with like heart eyes they're like yes (laughs) 
I want to talk about the blogging elements of of, of what you do, but you, I, I think I'm right. You're not blogging for yourself anymore. You only really blog for other or for your clients. Yeah. So right now I tend to do the um, blogging for other people. So I had my blog that I ran for about 10 years. I put a pause to that. I'm not saying I'll never go back to it. Um, but I kind of scratched that itch with my Patreon, which yeah. is like away from my business stuff. So it's not like something I do necessarily under the umbrella of my business, but it's a way of writing cozy content, scratching that itch for me. Yeah. So yeah, so I write, I sort of mostly do that through blogging for my clients now, which I absolutely love when somebody messages me and they're like, can you help me with blog posts? My heart is just like, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> What is it about blogging that you love so much? What What is the, the sort of joy that comes from blogging? I think when it comes to like small businesses, obviously for me, there's always that nostalgic, just love of it. It means a yeah. lot to me because it's yeah. where I come from. But in terms of for businesses, I love how swiftly it like boosts your credibility and positions you as someone who just really knows their stuff. Yeah. And I think one of the sort of best ways you can build that sort of like no trust is to offer solutions, obviously, to challenges that have been plaguing your clients, whether they're big or small. And I think blog posts give you a unique opportunity to tap into those sort of super specific challenges and open up all of that understanding for your readers, for your clients. And I think if you're sort of Using your blog in a good way to tackle like set subjects, give really focused, actionable advice or information. You're making it clear that you know your stuff. They can come to you for answers. Um, And I think unlike social content, those blog posts have the potential to welcome new new eyes into your business for years. With social posts, you've written them, they're already gone kind of thing. You know, I think it's really cool when you can sort of, someone asks you a question you can go oh I actually wrote a guide to that on my blog here you go you know and you're having you're spending that time with them you're building that relationship without you even being there yes yeah exactly I I have to say I the blogging element is something that I have really identified the value of in terms of connecting with my audience. Um, mm. I am going to hold my hand up now and admit to the fact that it's the lovely Joe, who's my wonderful assistant who writes them for me um, because she, she, well, she writes beautifully for a start. Um, mm. and she's got the time to be able to do it. And I just knew that from my point of view, if I was going to commit to doing it, I needed mm. somebody doing it for me because I would have rushed it. I would have made yeah. a mess of it. I wouldn't have got my points across properly. Um, and actually, Joe just does it so beautifully. And I, I'm forever in her debt for mm. <laughs> picking it up and running with it. And I, I love chatting with her and kind of combing through all the different sort of topic ideas and working mm. through, you know, who we're, who we're aiming at. And I think, well, I think good on you for outsourcing it, though, because I think a lot of business owners, sometimes they're like, oh, it, it, yeah, I'm going to get around to it. I'm going to get around to it. It's always yeah. always on the bottom of their to do list. They're never going to get around to it because they don't enjoy it or it's not something they really want to spend their time doing. Um, and I think it is time consuming. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you you're know, telling me. <laughs> it is time consuming. I mean, you know, yeah. no, you cannot rush it. You, and you no. 
put the time in because it's very obvious if you do rush it. People always underestimate how long it takes. Yeah. What do you think a blog post or a series of blogs can do for a business? What's the value? Well, because it's sort of building that credibility, credibility, showing that you know your stuff, bringing people in, it's answering questions that people are typing into Google for weeks, months, years to come. You're able to show, hey, I'm kind of an authority on this. I know this stuff. And so if you're giving out that wonderful value for free, people are then like, huh, wait, this person seems to know what they're talking about. I'm intrigued. I want to know more. But also because it's like long form content, that's stuff that you can repurpose three billion times over. You can turn it into like a mini podcast series or three billion social posts or newsletters for the next God knows how long, you know, that's. I think that's really valuable. I think mm. it's really important because if you you th- if you think of a blog that you've kind of read recently, it's going to be running to probably two-ish sheets of A4 if you kind of break it down like that. You can then take that as mm. a whole, yeah. put it into little bits, use it in social media, redirecting people, yeah. obviously through traffic onto your website. And then actually in six months' time, you can redo the blog using very similar content, but again, giving you another tranche of social media activity, et cetera. And I think people perhaps forget the value that comes from just one blog, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Totally. I mean, people are always saying, oh, blogging's dead. But then think of how many times a month you are like, oh, I wonder how to do this or I wonder about this thing. You type it into Google and then you find the answer on a blog. You know, I must do it countless times per week. You know, recipes, whatever. Yes. Tell me everything about your family and where this tradition came from of making this cake. I want to know. Nobody else does. But I love that stuff. Yeah, good everybody always complains about that bit before the recipe but I'm like no I want to I want to know it's important it's just so important and when you're doing blogging how important is the SEO stuff do, do you get involved in that as well yeah so it's not my speciality no it's not something I'm ever like that this is something that I absolutely love because yeah. I love the creative side of it but it's like I was, I was saying to somebody the other day, the SEO part, you can totally overthink. It's one of the things that most people do overthink, especially with the latest Google updates. If you are writing for humans in a human way that reads really nicely, you're going to naturally put in keywords, phrases, etc. Yeah. that people are A, going to be searching for and B, are going to tell Google, this is what this blog post is about. you know go go forth and there are lots of people you know that are sharing really good digestible seo advice as well out there so i think it's something that really does put people off because they're like oh i I just i don't know any of that technical stuff and i'm not deep into it you know but i know that if i'm writing in a certain way for a human and i'm not like you know just trying to stuff this page with like keywords and all this stuff google with the recent updates it doesn't rate that they yeah. don't enjoy that anymore you no. know they're cutting that out so if you're writing a post you know with an aim to it for a specific person giving lovely rich focused advice 
then you're going to be hitting a lot of SEO beats without even realizing that that's what you're doing. Yeah. And the, the overcomplication comes where people say that you've got to have all of your keywords loaded into the back end of your website. And actually, if you're blogging, that is your your keyword search. You don't have to go any further than that. Yep. And of course, like these are things that you can like you can do deeper learning about yeah. if you're like if you're really like, I don't really want to start doing this until I know more about this. You know, that's something that you can invest in and learn more about. Or that's something you can outsource as well. You know, if you're thinking, I don't really want to do the SEO bit of it. You can get people that do like SEO audits to tell you, hey, here's what you can put in, you know. Yeah. Now, more importantly, and the one thing I really do want to have a proper conversation with you about is Bloom with B. The membership group that you have because I think it sounds absolutely fantastic come on give us a bit more about it and you know what? who it it's... appeals to so it's one of the favorite things I've ever done in my business yeah <laughs> it really is um so bloom with me is my sort of low-cost group membership it's for like heart-led female business owners who like we said at the top of this they want some more clarity sort of community maybe a bit of accountability yeah. into their business writing and for me it's just a total joy oh, so <laughs> it came about because i realized a lot of people in my network connections were sort of lacking a real space where they could boost their confidence with writing yeah kind of have a bit more accountability to actually get it done instead of leave it languishing on the to-do list because they're a bit frightened of it Um, and to sort of learn about the craft of writing for their business in an accessible way on a regular basis you know I had my done for you offerings had my speedy consultations but I didn't have anything that sort of fit all of those people who were sort of saying to me you know I need somebody to sort of hold my hand but maybe on a slightly longer basis than just sort of a really speedy consultation kind of thing Um, and so bloom would be was sort of born from there and it really does continue to sort of meet its aim of making writing for your business more easeful more joyful and expressive um, if you hadn't already guessed, I just absolutely adore it. No, you really can. <laughs> it comes across so yeah. well. It really does. You can you can tell you are totally committed to it. And how often do you meet as a group? And is it all online? What what's the sort of structure of it? Yep. So it's all remote, all online. Um, we have two calls per week. One of those is our weekly co-writing session because like I said, I found a lot of people needed a bit more accountability to actually write things, you know? So we're there for two hours each week. You can dip in and out of those two hours if you want. We set our intention. This is what I'm going to write. Maybe somebody's got a question like, oh, what's the best way of doing this? I'll give a bit of advice. We settle down. We write for those two hours And then we go off mute and we're like, here's my progress. Here's what's come up for me. Here's where I need a bit of support or here's what I want to celebrate. And then our second call of the week is either a QA and a or a really nice cozy networking thing or it's an interactive lesson where I like I'm holding one tomorrow, which is about writing vulnerable posts without feeling icky or overwhelmed. um so yeah we meet that twice a week and it's sort of it's like a dip in and out when you can if you can't make all the calls I'm not going to turn up at your house and drag you by your ankles (laughs) 
dragging you out the front door by your bootstraps and and big group small group sort of how many people do you tend to have in the group anyway intimate group it's my aim to keep it a nice intimate space because I think if you go in if you make it too big then it is you kind of lose that kind of intimate space and I think that's important for making sure everybody feels like they're kind of catered to even though it's a low-cost thing I want to make sure that I am giving you know just as much value you know for their time um like somebody said to me today my newest member she said I've learned she said I've done so many marketing courses uh, so many of them and she said in the last three weeks I've achieved more in my business with my writing than I ever have in any <laughs> any course or any bit of literature I've ever picked up and I was like that that's it that's why I do this thank you very much box ticked I'm yeah just- I was like well I can just I go and have it. a nap you know like that's it I've done my job <laughs> yeah. and I think the other thing is if you know if we're talking about working with women here and I think we do yeah. feel more comfortable and more confident and at ease when we are in those smaller groups totally and be heard we can have a voice but we don't feel that there are so many people that were intimidated by contributing. Yeah. and contribution I think is always the key to those sort of successes totally and everybody feels as if they can bring stuff to the group you know and we can have a discussion on it maybe it's like something they've been finding really difficult with writing or just my creative mindset stuff you know thinking who am I to even write this stuff or put myself out there you know because we all feel this stuff but I feel like that's that kind of honesty and stuff is missing on our feeds it's just everybody on a yacht having the time of their life so by keeping it nice and intimate um and I also do like replays of some of the calls so if people can't make it then they can check up on it and they can join the conversation a little bit later um and I think that's yeah so important to have these spaces where people can just open up and be like is this normal or how do you do this thing because I feel like I'm an idiot for doing it in a notebook and then I hold up mine and then they're like okay (laughs) I'm fine you know you know, the, the, the world of the small to medium-sized business owner is a lonely one. Mm, and totally. these types of groups are really valuable for, you know, that whole connectivity and feeling part of things. And actually, you know, yes, it's all about the writing elements, but you probably make connections that mean that you have conversations outside of the group, which are probably much broader. They're not necessarily about the writing, you know, and those relationships are really valuable. Yeah, you build that community, you build those connections, you've got cheerleaders with you every time that you turn up you know they're people who aren't going to let you say something really horrible about yourself they're going to be like ah no Uh -uh. we're not having any of that in here yeah (laughs) so we're coming nearly to the end of our time um but I always ask my guests where they see their business in sort of five years time Are, are you a planner when it comes to the business or you know do you tend to just go with the flow what what's what's the plan for the business in the next five years it's interesting because I feel like plans and things I've always been very sort of oh I don't know if I want to make them I think because of my history with you know near-death experience it kind of makes you go why would you make plans understandably yeah yeah (laughs) why would you make plans when you don't know what's going to happen um so I sort of 
tentatively make plans or tentatively say that would be quite nice and hope yeah. hope that the universe is like yeah she probably needs that she she, she could do with that you know um so I, I i hope to be doing more of the same still writing still mentoring um i'd hope that bloom with be or the spirit of it at least yeah. was very much alive in whatever it was i was doing um i'd also maybe like to have some courses um, or maybe perhaps uh, some group programs under my belt by then. Yeah, I, I think courses, definitely. I mean, I can see the value in joining a course run by you straight off the bat. I mean, I really, really can see that being a massive success. For you. Mm. We haven't really talked about your Patreon either. Do, is that still something that you do regularly? Yep. So that's something I still do regularly. It's very much just, it's kind of like my space where I get to sort of relive my cozy creative lifestyle book blogging days, you know, because I think sometimes we kind of need that, that corner of the internet to come back. Yes. And and for you, that must be your sort of downtime stuff, isn't it? That's you, that's the stuff where you can actually, you know, relax and just yeah, that's kind of how I do my nice sort of leisure writing amongst, you know, creative writing I quite like to do. I like to sit and maybe write, you know. Some of the listeners might not know. What what is Patreon? Will you just give everybody a bit of an understanding? Of that? So it's a site where you can sort of they used to say tip your favorite creators. So for however much per month, it's not usually very much at all. Um, you might be able to support them in their creative work. So for that, you might get physical products through the post. Yeah. For others, it might be like content, you yeah. know, yeah. on a page, or it might be videos or being mentioned somewhere or things okay. like that. And it's, yeah, it's very popular with all kinds of types of creatives, really. Yes. I know Dorno Porter has a Patreon site. Yes, yes, yes. I, I think she's brilliant. Um, mm. and she runs her sort of blogging and stuff through Patreon. So I, I'd have come across it before. And we will make sure that all of your links, everything oh, will be you. in the show notes at the end and once the episode goes live. So all the lovely listeners out there who have got any challenges with their creative writing and their writing for their business whatever it might be do reach out to be I cannot tell you how lovely she is to talk <laughs> she is just fab you I mean I knew that it was going to be a lovely episode to record and you've totally lived up to it be so thank Aww. you so so much for taking the time um and the lovely listeners will be able to reach out to you once we've gone live and all your contact details will be in the bottom of the show notes Perfect. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, B, thank you. We will keep in touch. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me and my guests on our social channels. All the details will be in the show notes. And please get in touch if you have any questions or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes. Or even if you would like to be a guest yourself.